activate your personal shield and get your trait to level 3, because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I, I really like the little flourishes that you add to the game modes, like in Bespin they've got, like what if, what if the Empire actually took over Bespin? Mm-hmm. I think that is just crazy. Uh, and I think you did very well with the Battle Station game mode, how you were adding that. And uh, Whose idea was it to, uh, to make the explanation for the removal of helmetless stormtroopers? <laughs> I, think, I think that was actually... Uh, it was probably me during when, when we <laughs> were authoring the, the patch notes and everything, because we're always careful, like how, you know, we know... We know one side of our of our player base is going to be ecstatic about this change, um, but maybe there's like a um, a different part who might not be as vocal in defending it, but now would would get really upset that you know you you have to keep your helmet on. So we were really careful and uh, sort of um, I'm not sure like we, we we felt like we had we could go uh, in one or two directions. Either we we went in this direction with you know just male and female but helmet stays on uh, or we go uh, and we pretty much just allow all kinds of troopers to remove their helmets so you'd see shadow troopers and shock troopers and you know scout troopers and all of them just like you can customize your head uh, as much as you want um, you know that would have had would have created a lot more customization options but I think you know we were sort of weighing those two uh, against each other and I felt no I actually think it's it's better to uh, you know, listen to to the feedback of our players, and uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned it during uh, the the live stream that you know it's important that it's still a sandbox. You can yeah. you can wear whatever you want. Like if you want to play as as the Emperor on Hoth or Boba Fett on Hoth, it's fine. Like that, they were never there. Uh, but like if you want to sort of if you want to play as them and create your own story, uh, that's perfectly fine. That's and the same awesome. without. Yeah, and, and, and the same with other customizations like uh, the Cloud City Wing Guard outfit, uh, or having scout troopers on in other places than Endor. Like, there's there's so many different interpretations of what is Star Wars lore and what's accurate uh, as to Star Wars fans, and we just felt like you know, like that that's fine. We have to keep that rule, um, but at the same time, when when we were getting that feedback that the stormtroopers no longer feel like stormtroopers because they don't look you know like a stormtrooper because everyone's running around uh, without their helmets uh, then that's a different matter at least to us and that then we felt like um, you know one of our core pillars is authenticity like every single sort of weapon or object that you encounter in the game should feel and should feel and sound like the real thing and if stormtroopers no longer feel like stormtroopers then we need to act on that one and we need to adjust and uh, that's why we made that decision to you know let's let's helmets on everybody the, the officers are here <laughs> and that was just a fun fun gag and like yeah sort of it's still a game we shouldn't take it there, there's there's a lot of things in the world that we need to take a lot more seriously than games so just yeah. let's have some fun that's- yeah that's that's what uh, Colby Boothin was saying. Like how when they were recording for Luke Skywalker, they had to had to change like the like the original trilogy fight style is very 
very strict so they had to take like leniencies when they were recording it to make it mm-hmm. uh, to make it more fun to play because if you're just standing like right next to each other sword fighting it's not as fun as like poking people yeah. with sticks <laughs> yeah yeah like that, okay. f- that first stiff uh, fight between obi-wan <laughs> and darth vader like that's not yeah. <laughs> they're kind of like you want to go first or me how's yeah. this gonna go <laughs> exactly you, you talk i talk what <laughs> yeah how important was it for you guys to bring space battles to Battlefront? Super important. Um, it was one of the, the first things that we decided on doing for when we sort of uh, created the roadmap for, for the expansions. And, you know, it was uh, alongside, uh, you know, skirmish or, or what was previously known as instant action. Uh, yeah. Space battles was right up there in terms of the two sort of these things the fans are really uh, asking for these two things uh, and so we you know we something we really wanted to, to do um, we thought we, we feel like it turned out great like it's um, you know we could have made uh, just a space battle expansion like from the get-go and you would be not you'd be do, doing nothing but but um, flying in space uh, we elected to you know, no, I, I, you know, this is still a, an infantry shooter at heart, and so yeah. we wanted to still uh, have a component that's you know infantry based. I think it's now down to about, if you look at the Death Star playlist, it's about sixty to forty uh, in terms of, you know, sixty percent flying, forty percent infantry. Yeah, uh, we might do some tweaks because I read quite a bit of feedback that people feel like there's not enough, uh, you know, infantry experience in there. So we'll we'll look at that. Um, yeah, so yeah, one no, of those. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll adjust, but at the same time, um, you know, the reason we we went for, you know, the the planets that we had in the main game was because they all sort of catered to the same type of game modes and the same type of infantry experiences that, you know, it it works well across all all four or five maps, uh, or or four or five uh, planets that we had, which you could include it. but now for the DLCs, um, you know, certain game modes just won't work. In, in, yeah, you can't have Walker Salt on the Death Star. <laughs> or, or in Java's Palace, even though yeah. it'd be super cool. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but, but it wouldn't work. And Lucasfilm is agreed with us that, you know, we can't do that. We can't squeeze an AT-AT into those tunnels. <laughs> it just won't work. Um, and um, so, so we have to make, I guess, hard decisions in that, like, okay, these types of experiences we can't really do within within the space and i know people who really love this particular mode from the main game can feel like uh, but i want you know this or that uh and we we try to get as much as possible um yeah. but um no in, in in general this was the space the space pack um, yeah that's not to say that we won't ever do space again but um, yeah, this was the big space map for, and we know there's a, a large group of people who play a lot of fighter squad and they just, just want to stay in their X-wing or in their tie tie fighter and just do get out all night long. And you know, this is a pack dedicated to them primarily, but at the same time, we wanted to give some stuff for everyone to enjoy, uh, which is why we did the whole uh, the rescue phase where you have to rescue r2d2 which was a lot of fun to create it, it's it seems like you guys had a lot of fun because that game mode is just so action-packed yeah that's good to hear and and i love uh, have you ever have you played the space battles on the original two battlefronts sure recently um probably not 
this year, but I definitely played it uh, during development of, of the original game. Yeah, I'm so glad that you guys got rid of that kind of style because I, I can't play it like that anymore. You guys have just set the standard, I think, for space battles. It's just really well, really well done. Thank you. Um, it's it's always um, it's always tricky to um, you can't argue against um, nostalgia and what yeah. people grew up playing. And I'm the same. Like I grew up playing uh, the original Quake One. I, I just can't play another Quake game because it, it, <laughs> they they can't compare to the thing that I grew up with. So I, I fully get it i respect it and i will not ever try to argue against it um for the game that we're making uh we focused it, it's always been about like creating these this these fronts of engagements where it's just like uh you know one side spawn opposite the other and then you just like it becomes a massive fire fight uh in the middle where it's just like trying to push through um, that's always been the focus uh, of our game uh, rather than m- maybe the originals had more uh, spread out engagements and a lot of you know you running around a large open map and um, you know we just wanted to create more action-packed moments where more standoffs um, and that's always been a key driver for for our game modes um, and it, so it really wouldn't make sense to have people spread out against multiple like you know on multiple ships and you know like have that stuff where you know it becomes almost like a your own journey as you're fighting against ai or something like that you just want to create something where everyone's really engaged and the objectives are clear right in front of you easy to get to um and sort of push people through a story together rather than having everyone just spread out and um you know, do their own thing. Yeah. And I used to love uh, space battles was my thing when we were playing uh, the original two battlefronts. And, uh-huh. and then I came, we, um, we recently found a PS two out of garage cells uh, in our town. Oh, cool. And then we got battlefront two for it. And we went to play in space battles. Like everything else was as good as I remember, except for space battles. There's just uh, the, the mechanics aren't really, don't really age well like to other things i think yeah Yeah, they need um, they need nerf ai in that (laughs) (laughs) um no i'm you know you 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 i know everyone will do it but it's not really fair to anyone to uh compare games uh, yeah that have been like so far apart in terms of when they were developed and for what crowd and what expectations they had uh, you know, these days, um, the Star Wars franchise is a lot different than what yes. it used to be. Uh, I'm sure back in the days of, of the original Battlefront. So, it, like the the entire the world has changed. Like, it, like it's just you can't really make a fair comparison between the two. It's just like there's been like multiple console generations, even. So okay. it's just. Uh, it's it. You know, I, I know it's inevitable because we're sharing the same franchise name. Um, yes, but it's still going to be it's a different audience um, and a different Star Wars franchise that we're dealing with these days. Yeah, I got an email about that. They're like, "This isn't this isn't the old Battlefront." Da 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 da. And I was like, "Dude, they're trying to do something different. And uh, if you don't like it, you can go play the uh, old ones like you want to." <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're hoping that we can get 
yeah get everyone happy and uh, you know not ignore um, nostalgia and things that people grew up on like it we're all I mean like I, I said it at the top of the of the show um, you know this is a dream dream scenario to be working on Star Wars and the main reason is because I grew up with Star Wars like so many others and uh, so I, I will never disrespect or disregard people's uh, feelings towards like what they grew up on and uh, what they imagined that they would see um, I think eventually we'll we'll get to a point where uh, everyone's happy uh, I think during the course of the DLC campaign we've certainly um, learned a lot about um, our fan base our player base and I, I, I and I think you know we're in a good place like the community seems uh, very pleased right now and um, you know the future is very bright if you're a fan of, of Star Wars Battlefront or Star Wars games in general yes and uh, we were talking with our cousins they came to visit and we had them on the podcast we we're talking about like the Death Star our speculation because this is before mm-hmm. it came out and sure. our, our cousin was like I just want to see the black of the, of the Death Star floors that just brings me so much nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I hope we were able to deliver on that one. How is uh, you guys have been experimenting all throughout the DLC, and then you come to bring this uh, thirty-minute three-phase game mode? How how was that? Um, I think it's just um, like I said, um, we we do have people. We we do have a large crowd uh, of players who really wanted space battles. Uh, we also have a large crowd who wanted infantry combat. Um, we also were sort of looking for a way to get even more Star Wars story into the game. Not necessarily like, you know, act out the movie, but, yeah. you know, feel like you're playing uh, a scenario. Like, you know, you look at Outer Rim and the extraction game mode we made there. That one is, is very plays out and it feels almost like an episode of Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Like you, where they enter a dangerous place and then they just have to bring this thing to their ship and get away before the Empire arrives, pretty much. And we don't um, know what's under that tarp. That is just so fun. It's like, what is under the tarp? <laughs> exactly. Why are we doing this? It's because we're the rebels and we got to take our stuff back. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe they're, they are ion disruptors. Maybe there's something else. We, we'll see. And, um, and, and this was just... Um, you know, I, I I knew there were some key points that we really wanted to hit. Um, you know, people have been asking for capital ships within the play space so that you can fight around a capital ship. Um, so that was really important to start us out. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, I I really wanted a scenario where you know we would be extracting a VIP. I don't think that's something you know you don't see a lot of games doing VIP escorts uh, a lot um, just because of the potential for trolling and uh, yeah. you know, people ruining the game mode for everyone else uh, but we really wanted to try that one and uh, it made sense I, I've been asked I've been wanting to get R2D2 in uh, since the start of the game and I'm just thrilled that we were finally able to bring him, bring him in and make him a playable character uh, and then of course for the third phase it you know you can't have if we didn't if we wouldn't have the trench run as part of your space battle experience on the death star then uh, you know it wouldn't have been uh, you know right so uh, we just felt like we it needs to stand with the death star that needs to be the quest and it needs to be the end goal uh, and 
yeah, that's sort of how it came about. Um, it was also interesting to see can we go from um, can we have a you know an actual boarding scenario where you would go go from a, a space battle and then next have a cutscene a, a transition of you entering the the Death Star and then have you go boots underground and now you're inside the Death Star and you need to do a, a, a different a different uh, scenario we we played around a little bit during the the Bespin expansion where uh, we had those it wasn't like a, a multi-stage game mode in the way that the, the battle station is but it's still you know, it, it starts out with one set of mechanics or, or a quest that you need to do in that you need to take out this Tibana gas generator. So once you've done that, now you need to fall back and defend your extraction point. So we, we were sort of playing around with that idea, and that went over really well. People really enjoyed Sabotage, um, and then we just felt like, okay, this seems to be, um, you know, the right track, and uh, we'll probably continue doing that in the future. Yes, that is... I, I love the Bespin DLC. It is it is really good. Um, cool. So, how has working with Lucasfilm been? Um, a lot of fun. A lot of like uh, I learn things every week. It feels like um, understanding since they're not, you know, they're, it's such a large franchise and they deal with so many different content creators of Star Wars. Yeah. Like it's not just video games; it's you know TV shows and toys and um, yeah, the books, amusement parks, books, everything. Like there's so much, and understanding that you're, you know, for us, uh, Battlefront is like everything. That's our entire days and nights even are filled with Battlefront, and that's everything that we think about. And, and but but from their perspective, like it's such a large franchise, and understanding. Um, what things are, are super, super important to the franchise that it's portrayed accurately and, you know, that, that we're doing justice to that component of, of Star Wars um, and also understanding where uh, we can be more uh, free to pursue whatever gameplay needs we need. Um, that's been really interesting and um, getting them to, yeah, just like it, it, it's always been a, a great relationship, but I feel like throughout the, the course of the expansions, it's grown we've grown even closer and and uh, you know they have a lot of faith and trust in us that we are able to deliver iconic things in star wars and do them justice like r2d2 is, is probably one of the most um, most important characters in in the franchise in terms of like how uh, how he needs to be portrayed accurately like the droids are, are actually really, really important to Star Wars, as I'm sure you know. Yes. Uh, and um, so that was a lot of fun, uh, being allowed to make Chewbacca, who's also very iconic. Um, you know, the TIE Advanced. You know, there's so many really, really important, iconic things that we've been able to to, to make. And so that's been a lot of fun. And I, like I said, the future is really bright. Because we keep learning things about not only our players but also like the franchise at like a deeper level than maybe you you, you might learn just by watching it, uh, and then also Lucasfilm and how how to collaborate with them uh, as effectively as possible. Why did you guys decide to do the first Death Star? Um, I think it just. Um, had we not done the trench run, 
like I said, it wouldn't have been uh, the Death Star without the Trenchron. Yeah. It is the most iconic uh, part. Uh, it also allows us to introduce some new hero ships, which when you look at what's important to, you know, like in terms of vehicles, what are the most iconic vehicles uh, in the Death Star that you think about, then obviously Red 5 and TIE Advanced are right up there. Um, and, and that was just... Um, yeah, it, it made it made more sense uh, to go with the fully constructed Death Star uh, as opposed to the second Death Star. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, we we do sort of have some some we, we pay homage to the the second Death Star. Yes, I love flying through that section <laughs> uh, because again, that's just something where yeah, no, I, it, we get it. It wasn't shown uh, during the Death Star one, but since it was on the second Death Star, it's it's quite feasible that they had structures similar to that uh, during the first Death Star on, on the, the the first Death Star too, because it's you know it's pretty much the same plans, it's just bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that that made sense to everyone, and um, you know, like when you look at the the capital ships fighting around you during the the diversion phase, the first one, um, you know, it 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 looks more like. Um, you know the this, the Battle of Endor in that there's a lot of capital ships around, yeah. uh, star destroyers taking out, um, you know, star cruisers and all of that. So, um, no, it's 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 more of a visually it look it's it's the death it's the first Death Star, but in terms of like what's there and all of that, it's just you know it's it's our interpretation of the Death Star. Yeah. So, did you have the did you have the issue? Because when I was growing up, I always thought that the second Death Star was just the first Death Star that got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think you just. I think I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've, I, this is like up until now when I started like oh, like three years ago. I started like getting really back into Star Wars and like researching the crap out of it, and then. I find like it's the second Death Star. I was like, "What? It's not the first one blown up and in pieces." <laughs> it's, it just blew my mind. <laughs> there you go. Have you seen the glitch where you can play as Luke or any other hero on the Death Star surface? Yeah, I noticed that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a fix coming in as soon as we can get it. It's not like game breaking or anything, but yeah. It's- mostly just funny to see it yeah uh, yeah that one you slipped through the cracks that you can uh, remain uh yeah if you stay within the hero selection screen and then during the phase transition you can still spawn in that's just unfortunate yeah slip through the cracks but yeah we'll we'll get them all they just like <laughs> you gotta squash keep, all those bugs <laughs> yeah they keep popping up so gotta catch them all the glitches yeah <laughs> for sure okay so before we let you go i would like to i have some Questions from our uh, listener uh, friends of the podcast. Sure. So here's one from a Rogue Twenty Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. You can tell from his name that he loves Rogue Squadron. That's good to hear. So he wants to know: Did you fall in love with Star Wars when you were young, or began, or when you began working on the project? Um, I I grew up uh, really enamored by by Star Wars, but I think I actually. You know, like 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 a lot of passions in life, you sort of it, it comes and goes. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I I've been a a huge fan of of uh, the Warhammer franchise. I play a lot of Warhammer Fantasy, and now the new Warhammer Fantasy that's that's come out. So that's 
that always became, I think, my my franchise of of choice. Uh, I really enjoyed fantasy a little bit more than I enjoyed uh, sci-fi. Um, but then, uh, you know, leading up to, you know, we were supposed to start working on Star Wars, and then you sort of you come back to it, and it feels super familiar, like you've never left, and. Uh, that's when I think I, I fell in love again, and uh, now it's 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 become like so big um, f- for me. Just like looking around my my office at, office at home, it's just that we got so much Star Wars everywhere. <laughs> and like I, I told you the story about my kid and my wife is into it, and it's just uh, now it's become uh, yeah definitely my the franchise for me. Uh, so no, it's, it's it's been. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely been like a, a, a renaissance for me and in, in returning to Star Wars has been uh, a lot of fun. You had a Chewie We're Home moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, I've got two more. Okay, so sure. this one's from Gregory. He's a friend of the podcast. His uh, username on Twitter is 1010 underscore 57. Cool. Okay. He wants to give you a big thanks because I was a kid of the 70s and 80s uh, making his childhood dreams come true. And he's played over 350 hours. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for me. That's that's uh, that's super fun to hear. And he want, and he's still into it as he was day one. And he wants to know... Uh, regarding the heroes and villains, what was the process for choosing which to include? Was it a developer vote, a matter of which were easier to code, or something else? So many different factors. <laughs> um, not just what we want to do, but also what makes sense in terms of the future of Star Wars and things that Lucasfilm might be looking at. And um, yeah, things like that. Like uh, Num has become larger and, and larger within the Star Wars franchise is slowly growing, gaining some steam. And um, I think sort of those uh, curveballs uh, can be a little tricky to understand as, as players who, who might not be sitting on the same knowledge. Um, so it's, it's, it's always like a combination of, you know, what's going on in Star Wars right now, what, what's coming up in the future. And um, yeah, there's, there's always development um like issues that like some things might be you know like you 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 have to make hard decisions sometimes and that i we really felt like we we really wanted two new heroes for uh the first outer rim dlc uh, but we also knew that um that one was coming out really soon because our players were screaming for more content <laughs> and that was just something okay well what can we do what are the things that we can realistically finish in time and uh, like we had we wrote, we already had like a variation of of um like the celestin head for example so that we can sort of we had some work already done but then we had to make everything else but at least we we could like you know shave off a couple of days here and a couple of days there and actually yeah. deliver on time so there are some development um sort of problems that you have to take into account um you know whereas you have to sort of weigh different options against one another and that you know we really wanted uh, a hero and a villain for each each expansion we we feel that that's that's quite strong and people are really excited to see them um you know but 
we we could maybe have gone for uh, much more technically challenging um, heroes that to make, but then maybe we wouldn't have we would have you know gone without a hero and a villain for one of the expansions, but then have uh, someone more technically challenging. But you know, like, and but I'm not sure if people would have liked that. They, they probably would have said, well. That's the wrong decision. You should have focused on getting us a lot of them instead. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you always have to weigh those things uh, versus one another. And, and yeah, we we felt like getting a hero and a villain for each expansion was was really important. So let's make that. Okay. And from uh, DJ Royski, mm-hmm. he wants to know what the Ring Planet on the Death Star DLC is. But I I remember from the live stream that you said that ye, it's a mystery planet. For now, for now, yeah, okay. we'll we'll see about the future. But no, we're not we're not ready to share the name uh, of that that planet just yet. We'll see what what happens in the future. It looks it's awesome, kind of, kind of like Doctor Who's name. You'll never find out till they. <laughs> we'll see, uh, but no, for now, uh, it doesn't have a name. Okay, cool. Is it can it canonically possible to have a pauldron on the Shadow Trooper? Um, apparently they don't have them, um, so that, that was, uh, one of the issues really. Um, yeah, for now we're, we're focusing on, you know, the regular stormtroopers and having them get some pauldrons. Uh, we'll see, never say never, but, uh, that's not currently in the plans and we're actually running, uh, running out of space for for more uh customizations in the game like we i'm not sure if we can have many more customs i had to pull a lot of strings to get get as many as we could in for for this one um but yeah we'll see i, I love the uh, x-wing fighter suit for that and i love how you can have any uh, alien head now like i love the bespin wing guard with knee uh, with the celestin head i think it just looks so funny yeah he almost looks like like a servant, like he's there to serve you drinks or something. I like him. (laughs) That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast was brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast. If you want to be on a guest on the show, you can contact us, battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave feedback there as well. Uh, Talk Battlefront and Star Wars. If you want to be on the show, have the subject line podcast guest, have a topic and a Skype account ready because we do this podcast guest episodes through Skype. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is tie-dye-sheep-yt. You can talk Star Wars there. I've been tweeting a lot about the Rogue One lately. That trailer is awesome. You can also follow Sage on Instagram at tie-dye-sheep-films. Yeah, I've been posting a lot of like different stuff that we've been doing for the podcast there. Um, I actually won a giveaway from Audio Technica. Did a I just did a post on that, and then you can follow Sam it's at Chef underscore wanna underscore B. What do you do there, Sam? Post different various food pictures. That's about it. May the force be with you always. Okay, so. We have a thing that we do before every podcast. That it's a, it's a little start card for our podcast, and we would like you to do it. Uh, would you okay. be interested? <laughs> sure. Okay, so you're gonna say activate your personal shield and get your trait to level three because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. 
wow, that's a mouthful. I can, I, write, I can write it down for you if you want. Okay, do that. Okay. Activate. I'm not sure that's considered writing it down. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So I'm just going to read it out for you? Is yes. that okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 